1: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast the perfect pickup deal there's a deal for every morning at McDonald's right now taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just 250 price and participation may vary cannot be combined with combo meal
2: do you, do you usually lose feeling in your toes
1: or what's the story of that? Is it a winter thing i don't lose feeling in my toes i just can't touch them in terms of if I'm standing up I can touch them now will I touch them I don't want, do want to see that check? Okay. you yeah, can yeah. get into the position to touch
3: them <laughs> <laughs> assume <but>. the position <laughs> do
1: whatever you want I don't care
2: so Brexit finally happened <laughs> it didn't happen it's, it's not
1: happening fuck the DUP is not letting it happen enjoy gents thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks we've been so much having nice this conversation yours. for nope. three years <laughs>
2: Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty and there shall be No Encore. There we go. Something different for episode 188 of the No Encore Music Podcast. You interrupted me in the intro, Craig. Sorry, dude. It's upsetting. I've had two pints. So. I've had no pints. I could do it a pint. It's been that kind of week. <laughs> it really fucking has, man. Oh my God. I mean, I'm just, I know it's boring. I know it's boring to the listener, but like... Burnout week. I'm tired of getting rained on when it comes to that exact moment to walk to the show and reporting on Brexit, which you said is not happening. It's still yeah, it's not going to happen. Difficult, um, uh, so. It's
1: been going on for so long. Yeah, you had a, a morning of it. Um, I had a fucking morning. I've
2: had two mornings of it, man. I, I, two five thirty in the morning starts in for seven, and then doing Brexit in real time. When you know, I'm not a political reporter. I'm not a correspondent. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, after the statements v- after the
1: initial referendum, I was in news talk and it was like a daily shift. It was just chaos and it was snowing so exactly. around. Yeah,
2: it's not great, but that's really boring. And we're not a political podcast; we're a music podcast, and that's why Dahi Odroni has been fired from the show. <laughs> uh, no, he hasn't. He's just very, very busy because, of course, Craig, as of this episode, yeah. dropping, his album's fucking out. Woo! Congratulations oh! to Dahi. Well done. The album's called Lost. For anyone who does not know, you should know at this stage. It's six just years out. coming yeah it's a long time coming and to be fair I've said it a lot and I know I've got a bit of a bias thing in here but ultimately I do believe that it's the best work he's ever made I think it's a phenomenal fucking record I'm delighted it's out in the world congratulations brother we absolutely love you at No Encore everyone listen to the show go listen to the record and a man who knows Dahi very very well is filling in for him this week how to even introduce this man Craig he is a director of uh, Hosier videos take me to church he's directed videos for Derrick Kennedy Saint Sister many many others short films in his own right a man who adores music uh, like all on his own uh, goes online and trolls radio stations like does does it all it is of course <laughs> cork's finest fuck you Regan brendan <laughs> brendan canty Woo! thank you colin's gonna get intro. mad for <laughs> yeah, that yeah. okay we're never getting him back that's fine because you got brendan it's all good how the hell are you i'm very good
3: I'm this very is a good. long time coming yeah we've tried to do this for a while but. and now I am
2: here. Here it is. Brendan's here for a couple of reasons. Like I say, we needed a sub and also we're going to review the new album from Big Thief later in the show. Brendan's a huge fan. So yeah, we yeah. thought, let's get him in. Let's get his expertise. Uh, how
3: are you feeling about Dottie's album? Not a fan? Uh, <laughs> no, I have to say it because he's putting me up for uh, two months. No, it's an amazing uh, piece of work. Uh, we're all very proud of him, as you said in here, because he's he's worked on that for a while and uh, he's gone through a lot of changes. He said to me the other day that like he's... A lot of bands, if they change their style up so much, will change their name, but he's changed up his style of music in the public eye and kept the name, which is a really interesting thing. You know, um well I was saying it should have been the hook for the PR in the album. Like um Um I'm still me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still him. But uh no, he's like evolved and true I remember like when his last album was true Sony and it was definitely trying him trying to be Calvin Irish Calvin Harris and uh, said it to him the first time around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know how well that it's went. Probably, yeah, <laughs> But since then, he's just you know, he's from he's a man from the west of Ireland. He's a man who loves Ireland and loves the countryside of Ireland. And he tried to embrace that. And you know, he was always the guy playing the fiddle, but he tried to bring that through in what ten years later in more <laughs> subtle ways. And yeah, like yeah. you know, he he puts the effort in. And he'll rent out gaffs in the middle of nowhere and go and record rocks and gates and (laughs) his own percussion uh, out of stuff that just makes Ireland Ireland and he works hard at it and it's found its way into this record and it's probably his most thoughtful Great right question. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, absolutely. Is. But he's, he's so into what he's doing right now. He he's is. found like that true passion, and it's amazing to see him just channel that and you know go to the lengths that he's gone to because he's really enjoying it. Like just every time he comes into <sighs> studio and he's been doing stuff, he'll talk about yeah, what a journey. It's Spot been.
3: on. And if you know him as a person, like this, uh, this record is Dahi. Like, you know, it's how he feels things, it's it's how he feels Ireland, it's how he feels emotions. It's like it's in the record and it kinda of rubbed off on the all the features on the record or pretty genuine as well and you can hear it uh, yeah. oh it's a
2: tremendous list of collaborators there's lots and lots of names go listen to it one such name by the way the opening track of the record features Paul Noonan of mm. Bell X1 fame and you know while you're enjoying Dahi's album you can go on to joe.ie on Saturday and you can read an interview <laughs> that perfect perfect I Paul oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. interviewed Paul Noonan there recently it's going to be up on the site at the weekend see I managed to take Dahi's album release and
1: make it about me a lovely guy <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> and Paul. Yeah, Paul and Noon. Like, and punch jugular- of <laughs> <laughs> The joke about Paul Noon goes that
2: it's like, he's handsome, he's lovely, he's talented. Oh, and he's really thoughtful. Cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah in an
1: intense way. Like when you're chatting to him in an interview, it's, it's quite... Like he comes out with deep thoughts. And Especially As he Craig, gazes into your eyes. <laughs> when I interviewed
2: him in the fucking window of a coffee shop, uh, which was small... And packed and loud and also had hammering <laughs> techno on the speakers. That's how he and likes it. it. But he was like, "Do you want to go somewhere else?" And I was like, "No, this is fine." And then I'm chatting to him for forty minutes. And throughout it I was like, "There's no way that this microphone is picking this up." He's clearly hating this. This is a nightmare. The anxiety was out of control. As he's like saying really thoughtful things in a really nice, low, considerate mm. voice. You know, talking about he's doing. He's gone back to like UL in Limerick to do a fucking masters in what? music therapy. Yeah, he's doing a masters in music therapy. Was like fucking. He's, got, he's down there like two, two days a week. As he said to himself, he was like, oh, "Like I'm the." old bastard now he was like he said, there's a fine line between you know uh, being the cool older fella and being a creep when you're talking to a bunch of 20 somethings but uh, he pulls it off he's very good (laughs) so there you go Uh, sure I went to college as a mature student Craig I I know how it is yeah I mean
1: that's a lovely thing it's a wonderful thing to go as a mature student right And no one really cares sure education is a good thing that's my hot take this week in summary (laughs)
2: legitimately go listen to Dye's album we love him to bits it's for real he's for real and uh, yeah if you happen to be going to his Button Factory show like late on Saturday night I guess we'll see you there yeah Uh, also uh, upcoming no popcorn finally returning after two months in the wilderness our movies and music offshoot Dave Higgins and I before he went and ran a marathon in fucking Munich by the way congratulations Dave Higgins Uh, we recorded an episode on The Fanatic which is a Fred Durst directed film with John Travolta about fans gone
1: wrong that's all (laughs) you need to know wow
2: (laughs) yeah so that's out like in the coming days I want to say probably like Monday or Tuesday so hope you enjoy that Uh, as for this show no encores the best music podcast of all time. Uh, mu- the news this week, Craig, is ticking fast. We both had very busy weeks, so yeah. we're going to do this our is best This the first here.
1: week in months that I haven't seen any of the news. Because really I did so. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, Wasn't very, employing anything. I, I, I told Brendan
2: <laughs> earlier on, I said, I did something really nice for Craig this week. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it a gave mess- me the week you. I, like, I, I was very appreciative. Yeah, I messaged you and I said, hey man, don't worry about news this week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Take a breather.
2: Take a breather.
1: <laughs> so when you got that message, what did you do? Uh, well, actually, when I read it, I d- it didn't scan correctly, and um, <laughs> I thought you <laughs> Where's were the saying news? no, no. I, the way you phrased it was like, "I've got news. Take a breather." And I was like, "What? Like, take a deep breath. You've oh, got big no. news, yeah. Dave." Um, but then I, I reread <laughs> it, and I relaxed, and uh, I just continued working.
2: Okay, well, continuing to work for some reason is the
1: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a reach, really. Continuing to work.
2: Uh, I mean, it's weird. Like, why do people
1: care about it? But if why are there nominees? Why don't they just announce people? It's such a it's fucking bullshit, scam.
2: Yeah. I mean, I assume it's one of those things where we have to pay like lots of money for a ticket. But like, yes, yeah, so the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2020 has released the nominees, the long list for people who might make it in based on like fan voting. It's like an Irish oh, ballot of the how bands. It works? Yeah, that's an element of it. So on this list of people who might get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as opposed to just being put in there, are. Pat Benatar.
1: Of course. Long overdue.
2: Yeah, just jump in with any kind of comment. I don't know who he
1: is. I know that name. Is it a she? No.
2: Okay. I think it's um, a woman. I think it's a woman. Is it? I'm pretty sure Pat Benatar is in fact I true. actually have no idea who <laughs> Pat Benatar is. If I, really, I hope I'm right here. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's like Battle of the Ignorance. Go on. You googling it or <laughs> yeah. Pat Benatar,
1: um, also known as Patricia May yes! Geraldo? Wow!
2: <laughs> well, I hope she gets in. Uh, Dave yeah, I Matthews, don't know who she is. <laughs> Dave, Dave Matthews. Oh, love band. is a battlefield. Yeah, love
0: is a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Matthews Band,
2: one of the most. Maybe, the, like, maybe like, I
1: hate Dave Matthews Band. He's
2: got a voice. Spish
1: between tears Okay, it's wow. it's confession
2: time, Craig. When I worked in exhibition, you loved. Them. No, I did not. When I worked in exhibition, there was a my assistant manager was big into dave matthews band and kind of got me into them for like six months or so and i was like this is fine and then eventually one day i was like what am i doing (laughs) they're one
1: of those like quintessentially massive in america and like no other countries really get them like i think um, there was an article years ago where dave matthews went like busking in london and no one knew him and that was the whole thing like a day out with dave matthews in the uk and no one recognized that's pretty good it's funny uh
2: depeche mode should be in there like the doobie brothers should be in whitney houston should mm. be in. This is where you're going to get the uh, black woman, <laughs> pop artist, rock and roll hall of fame. Like you're going to
1: get lots it's of It's just those a people, musical right? hall of fame now though, isn't it? Right? Yeah, Actually, like, yeah, who I cares? Know.
2: Judas Priest. Yeah. Craftwork?
1: <laughs> Should be in. <laughs>
2: the rock and roll hall of fame? Well, I mean, if we're... Like, if it's genreless, I mean, they're especially niche, though, aren't they? For what they...
1: I think once Coldplay sampled them for talk, <laughs> they were into the Rock Cannons. That was their big, you know... MC5 should be should in be there. In. Motorhead? Should be in. Nine Inch Nails! I mean, they're more recent, but they will be in eventually.
2: Well, Trent Reznor has had some previous here. So he introduced the cure, inducted the cure last year. Yeah,
1: good speech actually.
2: And he's been asked before about being snubbed and he said, I don't give a fuck. There you go. (laughs) Oh, so rock and roll. Months later. Put him in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Months later, while doing the speech for the cure, he said, I remember distinctly saying to myself, among other things, how can I even take the award ceremony seriously if they'll open their doors to X, Y, and Z and not acknowledge the cure? Let's just say I've never been as happy deep my words as I was tonight it was actually a very very nice speech to be fair
1: that's actually the kind of one purpose the, the kind of induction thing has you do get those moments where there is nice kind of speeches from people and just different artists and then there's occasionally like squabbles between ex-band members on stage I haven't seen each other in two decades that's always cool.
2: The Cure one was actually nice Robert Smith was smiling a lot so there you go he liked it yeah. The Notorious B.I.G. should be in Rufus featuring Chaka Khan so Chaka
1: Khan <laughs> <laughs> yeah Todd Rundgren yeah should be in Soundgarden uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, they're so. more, like, again, isn't it 25 years they have to... Is that a thing? Yeah, okay. they're only eligible to what be happens when you get 25 in? years after. when the, you get the, in? Reason.
2: Yeah. The, you're no longer on a long list. <laughs> but is there, is
3: it like a Hollywood thing where you
1: there's get, a, like, like, on the curb? There's a Hall of Fame in Cleveland, I believe, which is just like a museum. Oh, so so a I think f- you're just added to their museum. Oh, yeah. okay. It's and a physical a, place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty
2: cool, I guess. But also, it's very But it's just music. Sounding. It isn't, right? Yeah,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. T Rex are on this list it as well. Should be in. And finally, Dublin's finest, Thin Lizzy.
1: The boys are back in
2: Cleveland. Should be in, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. most of these people should just be fucking put in. Uh, so, there, it's one of the things where, like, people uh, have been eligible but haven't been nominated this year, like Oasis, Weezer, Aaliyah, Daft Punk, Elliot Smith, Slater-Kinney, and Wilco. Craig is right. An artist becomes eligible, 20, eligible 25 years after their first commercial record was released. Mm. Now, previous nominees who aren't in it... Right and didn't make the cut this year to be nominated include <laughs> get ready for this Brendan Rage Against the Machine mm. Kate, Bush, Kate Bush like mm. The Replacements Bad Replacements Brains The for, Smiths
1: oh. Jane's Addiction wow. Eurythmics
3: LL Cool J <laughs> you know it's and can like, they ever I'm, be nominated again or that's do they have to the way it's always fall by the yeah, wayside so yeah. like.
1: You feel like if you miss out once, they're probably like seen as oh well, they had their yeah. shot, and, and there's that's only it. one
3: entry every year. No, 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 it's a bunch,
2: isn't it? Like, yeah, I think it's a bunch. You get your top liner. It's kind of like a, wow. it's like it's like WWE's Hall of Fame, where you get like your main event guy, and then you get the rest, whatever. and So like yeah,
1: like from last year or from this year, class of twenty nineteen, it was Radiohead, The Cure, Janis Jackson, Roxy Music, Steve Nicks, Def Leppard, and The Zombies, which you can't okay. really argue. And here's the thing:
2: I mean, like ultimately, <clears throat> it comes down to what these things all come down to, which is a piss up. It's a big industry united. And Craig and I have never really experienced anything on this scale before, but. Brendan Canty has. That's mm. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. you have been to the VMAs, sir. <laughs> yes. Oh, can we talk about this? Sure. So you went to the VMAs when you directed the Hoja video, right? Yep. Take Me to Church. Yep. my favorite video of all time. Uh-huh. My favorite artist of all time. Wow. As we know. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if so Craig genuine. knows this. I don't think I do. <laughs> but you were in the room when there was some Kanye West Taylor Swift beef happening. Oh my
3: god. Is that correct? Uh, no Not it, was the the inf- year after. it was the year he, he the announced inf- his run for president. Yeah it wasn't the infamous
2: oh. one it, w- it wasn't like I'll let you finish Yeah yeah But you were there when there was some stuff There was some tension in the room right? Like there was weird shit Well happening. people
3: didn't know what he was going to do And that's what he did yeah. um, ta- It was <laughs> funny seeing all these people in close proximity Taylor yeah. Swift was the popular girl in high school She had like her crew with her walking around Yeah 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 She seems sound enough uh, <laughs> who was oh my name who was the one presenting that year who was your Miley Cyrus actually because that was the time where people were kind of hammering her being like she's crazy she which was really like, unfair yeah which was really unfair because watching her present I, you could tell she was like a total professional yeah yeah like on it like super good at what she was doing I got a feeling watching Kanye West doing that speech and I I always feel a bit sad when people hammer Kanye because that dude has genuine mental health issues mm. and I, the feeling I got when he was up there doing the speech everyone was like Kanye's crazy and waiting for that like clickbait thing Yeah, and that's why they left it on for so long his big presidential speech they left it on for like a lot of television time but I got I, it was the feeling I got was the only ever time I got it before was when I was with someone who was severely bipolar and having a mental breakdown and I was like ooh that's the same feeling I'm getting when Kanye is wow. talking now so I, I kind of looked into it afterwards and apparently he had a friend an old producer who tried to like intervene and just got like axed out of Kanye's camp which is kind of sad but Jesus. he so, seems to be doing alright now anyway yeah.
1: so when you're there like <laughs> logistically where are you seated how does the evening kind of go like- the whole thing is like the Hall of Fame rock thing it was like you learn very quickly it's not
3: about the best video it's <laughs> about like the celebrities who are there like I, rem- I went into Columbia who were who are Hosier's label over mm. there and, and they they were very nice they showed me around the, the label and they were like you're responsible for like our biggest video of the last year and I was like that's cool um, and they were like I was like do you know is Andrew thank you Brendan very yeah yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah give me more money for it Um, uh, I remember being like do you know is like Andrew coming, and he was just like uh, they're like we're not sure but uh, you're not going to win if he doesn't turn up because yeah. that's just the way it goes if Jesus. Osier's if Osier's not there to go on stage they won't give him the award I think uh, who won it
1: wasn't well, that okay. part of, do you remember Kanye's uh, kind of rant about um, Jay-Z and Beyonce? And he kind of said, Beyonce had gone out of her way to say, I'm not going to turn up to the VMAs if you don't give this award to me. And Kanye was like, but I should have won that award. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. So yeah, of course, it's all politics. It's all about viewerships and yeah.
3: Well, yeah, essentially, I think they because Hosier wasn't there and he was the biggest name in the rock video category, they mm. gave it to... I can't even remember who sorry I am away from the mic uh, I can't even remember who it was so but five seconds of summer or something else, so. yeah but yeah. it was something with like a really bad video and it was just kind of like this isn't about it it's about who's there and it's about profile should... yeah it's all the PR which you understand as well like <laughs> Taylor Swift MTV. on stage <laughs> and you sold it, Yeah. so I mean like did you like, my just, dad was very upset is it
2: is it fun or do you just feel like this is like a really gross industry thing where everyone's looking over your shoulder Look,
3: it, it was fun being in LA and the buzz around it the actual thing was a bit crap it was really it was really interesting seeing how it all work and seeing all of these people you hear about in literally like a few meters away from you like that proximity um but yeah it was uh what that is good for is putting it on a bio or like yeah, having yeah, it at yeah, the absolutely. end of an email but the it, it's not that in reality it's pretty vapid and crap all right i'm okay with that <laughs> speaking of vapid, vapid and crap and Blurred uh, Lines is yeah right. <laughs> Pharrell uh,
2: man finally listens to a song that he wrote seven years ago yeah, a good story Pharrell about that Williams song. has done yeah I, I, I believe you do we'll get, we'll get to that in a moment again save for the pod <laughs> Pharrell Williams uh, has denounced Blurred Lines the 2013 Robin Thicke song that he co-wrote and featured on T.I. is on there as well don't forget his name uh, so Pharrell uh, like, so the song comes out in like 2013 it's a big hit and if you recall Sound of the Summer I believe summer,
1: alongside you, Get Lucky, which you should really check out if you haven't man,
2: were we ever spoiled for those few months into a calendar year? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, if you recall that video, uh, that video launched the career of Emily Ratajkowski, I want to yes. say. Because she's in that video along with two other models and she's the one who became mad famous. Like Ben Affleck literally saw her in that video, said to David Venture, I want her in Gone Girl as the girl I'm having an affair with, which is classic Ben Affleck behavior. <laughs> ben allegedly. But <athlete. laughs> well, here's the thing, right? Um... You know, if you look at the video, they're clearly, like, this song, this video, for whatever, and it kind of came out of nowhere. I guess Robin Thicke was around, but then yeah. this thing just comes out and it's so fucking everywhere. Son of Alan everywhere. Thicke, I believe. Uh, who's that? He's a famous actor in the US. Sounds like a gardener. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? You In the video, you constantly have hashtag Thick written across the video. So, Brendan, as a music video director, when that video came out, were you, like, genius... Craig, you work in advertising. You, are you, like,
1: what, what oh, are you, you gotta have that hashtag up front. <laughs> what are you Brand guys, presence what within are you the guys, first three seconds. <laughs>
2: Before we get into the song, which of course is basically you know rape culture, the song, video wise, is it a good video? Is it is it horrible? Is it? I grisly? remember at is the it... time
1: it seemed kind of self aware. At least I thought it was, but all, everything that's come out since suggests it wasn't. I thought they were taking a piss of the kind of videos where models are just going around being like ridiculous.
3: Uh like I don't know like uh, what's a good video a good video is something that matches the song it definitely does that <laughs> it definitely made an impact so I guess it was a good song for that video yeah. but it's it's okay here's my story about that Yeah. because I can't talk about the what I think of this video without the story okay. so you you mentioned Emily Rodikowski yeah, yeah. Um, she wasn't the first choice for that role the first choice was my friend uh, a Dublin model um I hope this information is correct but I remember at the time she got on to me because I was the only person she knew involved in music videos Uh she was like I've been sent this song and this treatment so I have the treatment for it and they want me to do it yeah. but I've never done nudes before I'd never been topless before or whatever do you think it's worth it for this so I listened to the song and saw the treatment and I was like look it's Pharrell It'll get a lot of attention. You'll probably be shot into fame very quickly, but do you want that for these reasons? Yeah. And she was like, no, I don't think I do. Fair play. Fair play. And she made that decision. It was great. But then a year later, like, Emily is blown know, up I on know. Entourage, on, like, Gone Girl, as you said. She's huge. And, like, she's, like, she is one of the biggest models in the world. Like, wasn't she on, like, firefest You know, she's, like, that big, like the top influences in the world so I th- I'd yeah, say there was some regrets but course. I think she made the right decision but that's my blurred line story. Thank you very much for telling it.
2: As a song uh, hands on the I really
1: like the song Hands on the table Lyrics I mean, like, aside
2: Yeah, lyrics Hands on the table yeah, Of course, of course you like the song It's a hit Because the song rips off Marvin Gaye So of course uh, It's, it's a vibe it's well, they paid, I mean they paid it to like 5 yeah. million or so So here's the thing I mean like I've, I've been that guy I haven't been the guy being like Actually But I've been like I've been around I've been at parties and stuff And it's come on And I'm like It's a tune You know, a few drinks in you But do, like, do, 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 do. like, like <laughs> Musically and mechanically It's, it's an incredibly Well written pop song Yeah, yeah of course However <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Uh-oh. the lyrics are extremely I questionable. Wanna, yeah, so Pharrell, like Robin Thicke was always like, "Hey, listen, you know, like it's actually like it's meant to be satirical, and it's not actually this or whatever." Pharrell, for a very long time, would like be like, "Actually, no, it is." fine you know like he- yeah he defended
1: it in multiple interviews um so back in 2013 he said on npr that there were some people who felt like the lyrics um or you know he was he was asked by david green about you know the lyrics possibly encouraging rape and pharrell responded there's always going to be sensationalism of what you do unless your song is completely perfect and has no it's not sexually suggestive um anything sexually suggestive is open season for coming under fire and i understand that um he could then his argument was number 1 in the song it says that man is not your maker I don't know anything that could be more I don't know anything that could be more clear about our position in the song so just defending it to the hilts and clearly it taught quite a lot about how to defend it and then
4: in
2: 2014 <laughs> yeah. Pharrell was like what I was trying to say was that man is trying to domesticate you but you don't need no papers let me liberate you what well, it was misconstrued when you pull back and look at the entire song the point is she's a good girl and even good girls <laughs> want to do things and that's where you got the blurred lines man she expresses it in dancing because she's a good girl people who agitated; just want to be mad snowflakes etc so here's the thing it's funny because, like, six years ago, like, don't, like six years ago, it's not like everyone was fucking, like, living in some kind of weird different world. But, like, if this song comes out now, <laughs> I want to say yeah. it's instantly cancelled. But, also, and it's a strange sentence that I'm about to say, and I want to temper it by saying I don't actually. But a part of me felt a little bit sorry for Robin Pick in as much as, you know, he was thrown under the fucking bus. Like, he was fucking... T.I. and Pharrell were like hey, he wrote the whole thing man you oh know my we'd God. nothing to do with it but
1: then do you remember him like when the whole Marvin Gaye lawsuit thing was happening Robin Thicke was just like I, I don't, I don't remember coke. any yeah. of the recordings so like no one involved with this song wants anything to do <laughs> with it anymore and
2: then uh, you have a thing where like his career goes bust after this yeah. this was his his wife hit. left, left and he wrote that album that was album, named after her <laughs> which basically like, did as well about like, Johnny Burrell's a solo record yeah like like, 70 copies yeah. <laughs> and yeah so ultimately like, it's kind of a sad grim story at the same time I can totally understand people who do think that the song is, in fact, a bit rapey, which was one of the famous headlines that was written on some website that I forget right now. Um, yeah,
1: I mean... Have, I've, have we mentioned why it's back in the news? Sorry, because Pharrell yeah, has yeah, yeah, now... Can
3: done. I read you. out something? Yeah, yeah. you can, yeah. This is probably breaking so many rules, but...
1: <laughs>
2: hey, the song did it first, man. <laughs>
3: this is from the video treatment.
2: Okay. Oh, this is... Uh, no, no, do it, do, okay, it, do Go on. on. This An is the tone. Podcast, so it's
3: podcast. a section... This is the treatment. So when a director pitches on a video, you do a treatment of your ideas. This is the tome. This is an exclusive. Here are the things we are going to capture. Number one, true pimp swag. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, organic performance, authentic and dope. In brackets, I wish we could record live performance that authentic. Three, camaraderie and rascal, rascal-ish fucking around dumb shit but dumb shit in a very smart contemporary way vice mag style oh no man. number 4 <laughs> i can't even do this movement <laughs> vibing dancing good dancing and bad dancing <laughs> number 5 naked girls xxx tits bush oh no red lipstick heels of pain what number 6 that's not dumb contemporary <laughs> True sexual tension. Jesus. Like, I mean, real sex oh, appeal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <fucking laughs> that real turning you on kind of sex appeal. This is getting very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, Star, this video will be so fucked up and hot that they will make <laughs> it The Rune of Kevin Hart of Husbands of Hollywood. What does that mean? What? what? I don't, right, I don't know something. what that means. <laughs> but,
2: Okay, Craig, you work in advertising.
1: <laughs> I mean, mission accomplished, right? They pulled off exactly what they were trying to do with that. So um, Why are we I talking denounced about this? this video. Pharrell has done a new interview in which he said, actually, yeah. he's yeah, denounced this yeah, video and go. the we song. We to
2: talk, talk about Barry and Lee. <laughs> Oh my God.
1: Yeah, he's now said that he didn't get it at first. Um, and his reasoning was because there were older white women who, when that song came on, they would behave in some of the most surprising ways ever. And I would be like, wow, they would have me blushing. So when there started to be an issue with it, lyrically, I was like, what are you talking about? There are women who really like song, connect with the energy. Um, he goes on to say, yeah, he understands now that it's a bit rapey and blah, blah, blah. And he's reconsidered his whole approach to those kind of subjects and yada, yada, yada. In summary. He's if- got a bulletproof explanation <laughs> now. <laughs> Six years on. <laughs> In
2: summary, right? Uh, if it comes on on Spotify in an office or in a party or you throw it on yourself it's, it's bad you know you could, you could reasonably be asked to say why you're listening to what you're listening to and maybe get into a different conversation and if someone got upset about it fair enough it's kind of on that precipice <laughs> uh, one song that isn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent <laughs> <laughs> the- is rock and roll part two by <laughs> carrie glitter somehow the third show in a row that i have mentioned this fucking song it's
1: your favorite song <laughs>
2: uh listen mate it's not my favorite song but it might be todd phillips's favorite song because of course as i know it previously on the show and if you've seen the film joker which fucking everyone has because it's made over half a billion at the box office as of last sunday wow. it's or it's out of control sold out screens all over the fucking gaff you know yourself uh here's the thing right Rock and Roll Part 2 is played in the movie uh, there's a story doing the rounds this week about how he's not getting Gargler's not getting any royalties don't worry yeah. about it guys it's fine uh, the masters effectively were sold off years ago to very like three or four different fucking people who own it in America and own it in the UK and he ain't getting a cent which is good now there's a tabloid story on top of this which I don't think is actually true uh, which is funny read it out there Dave. Well, it's funny because I wrote the story for Joe. Uh, yeah, I did it. I, I did it, guys. I wrote a story that I knew probably wasn't true because I knew it would get engagement. And I got people DMing me on Twitter being like, you know, this story isn't real. And I was like, go oh, fuck it. We you have to man. cancel you now. Probably, yeah. Uh, or... Basically, people were like, they might take it off the film for a future release when it comes out on Blu ray and streaming and such. And they're like, the sun has said that, you know, source close to the film has said this, yada, yada. Warner Brothers bosses were furious. They weren't. The whole thing is manufactured controversy, as we all know, and it's doing its fucking job. And yeah, I'm guilty of propagating it myself, but some days you're working on the news desk and there's no content, guys. That's the truth. And the truth is that uh, Gary good is terrible. The yeah. song is admittedly a good song, but we can't listen to it anymore. I've also
1: had my issues with the song. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good it's, song. It's one of those songs, though, that when you haven't heard song. it in ages, in your head you're like, that was some tune. And then the recording is actually way worse than you remember. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. tinny, it's he, but he, badly produced. He's
2: done worse things. I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, ultimately... <laughs> Christ. I don't know I think it's a, this is one of those you know whatever the fuck but like yeah So don't worry he's not making money I think it was a bad choice to put in the film it's in lots of other films it's in lots of other TV shows it will continue to be Brandon, what do you think about Gary Glitter
3: uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really remember. We, I was
2: going I to ask Craig to sing the song for me okay? because I can't remember it. Wait, I don't think we should. We no, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> what well, if I play it off my phone?
1: No. Or, no. Oh no? well, he's not getting royalties. Just Go move on. on. Yeah, yeah. I not I don't, can't remember.
2: Right, I, I, am I no better than Todd Phillips or whoever? If I if I mm. do it, like
1: it's one. It's also one of those songs where, I mean, it's not like there's fucking you know massive lyrical content. Yeah It's easy oh, to separate yeah. the artist from the song I guess, yeah Although His shouting is oh. so crap Like Full Monty <laughs> This could is have it been Is in be? Full Monty? Yeah Okay It's in Some loads script, right? This could have been a banger Oh my god They probably Missed I, uh, opportunity I think
2: it is a banger <laughs> It is a banger We're straying into really dodgy territory here But like This Sorry This was This was hot press years <laughs> ago Remember when I was like Craig And you're like Turn well, it off <laughs>
1: This is not rock and roll Christmas No was it?
2: No, the joke... <laughs> but you still love Rock and Roll Christmas, No, I don't right? love Rock and Roll Christmas. The joke is that somebody once said, uh, if they take Rock... No, I'm not finishing the songs. <laughs> uh, okay, no, no, Elton right. John. Elton John, what's he let's up to? Yeah, yeah, Disney. <laughs>
1: um,
4: <Jesus Christ>. Hey! <laughs> I've
2: always wanted the joke to be cancelled, and now here we are. Elton
1: John has blasted this year's remake of The Lion King, which starred Beyonce, Donald Glover, Sorry, can I and interrupt you for one second? Yeah. I
2: apologise. That song is also referencing The Simpsons in a great gag. Know the guy. I don't remember it. So I've it's the Simpsons episode where uh, remember the Marge's sisters are they cousins or sisters? Patty and Selma? Patty and Selma. So like sisters. Yeah. One of them's getting married to Troy McClure, and <laughs> they're in the he's in the bar with Homer. He's hammered, and he's like, "Hey Homer, come here. Let me just and like basically like tells it's yeah, so a yeah. sham marriage." <laughs> so it cuts to the fucking wedding the next day, and Raven Lovejoy is like, "If there's anybody here who thinks that these two people should not be wed, please speak now or forever hold your peace." And the camera scans over onto Homer and goes up to his head. And in his head, his top process is...
4: Hey! It's
2: a great song. Hey! So yeah, oh. so there you go. Simpsons is cancelled. I'm cancelled.
1: A much um. more memorable tune than the songs <laughs> in The Lion King remake, which is Elton's beef with it. Uh, yeah, he said in uh, British GQ, another GQ interview, the new version of The Lion King was a huge disappointment to me because I believe they messed the music up. So obviously Elton John provided songs for the 1994 film, and obviously they're, you know, hugely iconic at this point, right? I haven't seen the new version. Is it crap, Dave? I'm guessing you've Didn't seen Didn't go it. near it. Really? Wouldn't go near it. Um... That's kind of been like the I don't know all the reviews around the Disney updates yeah. have been pretty shitty, well, it's right? So
2: it's so cynical. It's, yeah, it's so it's such a cash grab thing. Brandon, if you are approached by Disney tomorrow and they were like, "Here's a truck full of money to remake," um, what hasn't been remade yet? Like Lady and the Tramps coming out, Aladdin came out. this Pocahontas.
3: Year. Did John Favreau do Lion King? He did Lion King. Yeah, did and he?
2: He did something else. He did, like Jungle Book so as well. So No Jungle Book. That was it. And yeah. he did Lion King as well. Did he? Yeah.
3: God, that's mad.
2: It's gross, but it's all you're taking all the character away. Like you're taking all it the sounds cra- like a stressful thing to direct as well.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, and you're being di- you're being you know, we controlled had Debbie, by studio.
2: We had Teby Rex on the show before and Daffy or Max, sorry, stage name, uh, from Teby yeah. <laughs> Rex was like so angry. He was just like it's just fucking lions who are like look like real lions. There's no emotion, there's no character. And even something like, you know, uh, whatever song, whatever big song from the Lion King in the cartoon version like it's it's really operatic and big and they're doing things but and this is just two lions walking down a fucking stream and it looks real though
3: yeah wasn't weren't people giving out that the, the lioness wasn't sexy enough or something people? a lot of people yeah really? a lot of people <laughs> yeah this
2: <laughs> <What, laughs> was what, a big thing what, and then, what
3: websites are you reading sir uh, Tony Cantwell was doing a big uh, joke <laughs> yeah. about it but it was a thing it was like people were disappointed and they were comparing anyway I'm not going to get into it that's okay hey listen we, the, yeah. we've already crossed
1: to me. <laughs> We've um, got another cancellation. Yay! Apparently, um, the man who gave Ed Sheeran his big break, uh, Ben Cook, has shocked the music industry by stepping down as president of Atlantic Records. Um, this Boy, is Craig. going to be a surprise for me. I'm just overleaf. Let's find out. It comes <laughs> after the executive <laughs> admitted causing offence. Oh shit! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I love just it. read oh, it. Is um, by dressing up as a member of Run DMC at a birthday party. Yeah, don't do that. What are people fucking doing? No.
3: <laughs> it's like, very, you know, it's easy to navigate around these times. It's just don't do yeah, that. It, it, keeps, keeps of stuff. it keeps happening, though. It's I like, know.
1: This is it, like the Trudeau stuff where he's doing it constantly. It's all he can do is blackface when also, he leaves the galaxy. He's at apologizing for it, though. But also,
2: right, here's the thing, right? It's so easy to not do
1: this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, this is the thing. And so when,
3: obvious. It's just like if you're ever a bit in doubt about. You
1: know, but dressing yeah, like, up like when, Run D M C. Just go with the not doing it. Like when you're doing blackface, like that would I'm guessing. Here's the <laughs> ten-step guide. Halloween's coming up, guys. <laughs> Craig's got you. But that's a long time to apply all that makeup, Is it right? at no point during that process. You go. Hang on. What am I doing with my life? Well, Craig, there's do, a long time when to you're back applying it.
3: the makeup. Do you do it like underneath your <laughs> collar line or? or Oh, do your hands as yeah. well listen
1: ask Ben Cook um, he's got a lot of time on his hands now yeah <laughs> that's know. true he said in a statement that while my intention was to honour a musical hero I recognised my appearance was offensive and I made a terrible mistake and yes <laughs> yeah. yes you did he also did. made a terrible
2: mistake by working with Jess Glynn <laughs> and missed. Anne-Marie <laughs> and bringing them to the forefront
1: yeah also I love how <laughs> he all, oh, but sorry just um, <laughs> go on go on no no it's just I like going <laughs> to defend him no 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 I wasn't I was going to read sh- out a sh- paragraph
4: <laughs>
2: before you read out the paragraph Let's read out the most terse uh, statement from Warner Music. Ben Cook is leaving Atlantic UK and this will be his last week in the office. End of statement. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Oh, um, yeah, the story says last year he helped bring Stormzy to the label. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's okay, guys.
2: Right? Uh, we talk oh. about Coldplay to end the news. Sec- uh, like this could this news oh. section could be the end of No encore. <laughs> I mean, I want to state. For I'm glad the record, Brendan was here for it. Yeah. We are anti Gary Glitter. We are anti blackface. We are anti rape songs. We are not promoting any of these things. Don't be anti Coldplay. I'm not anti-Coldplay. If, if anything, We're I'm... pro-Coldplay. Okay, good. Yeah, if anything, I haven't heard your if, if opinions if anything, man, on Coldplay. If anything, I'm Uncle Coldplay. Okay,
1: good. And you know what? Coldplay's about to get experimental on us. I'm okay with that. See, so here's the thing,
2: right? Overhated band have some genuinely great songs. Agreed. I haven't seen them live. I hear they're amazing live. They are. Uh, they've also got a lot of shit songs. And yes. their most recent mm-hmm. record was Very, Very Bad. Yes. But when they get it right, they get it right. And like the, this experimental thing has brought uh, ghost stories to mind, I believe, which has a couple of great tracks. Yeah. Granted, <laughs> it. it was like there's a track on there called Midnight, where they're like, "Hey, we want to be John Hopkins," but it's not a bad attempt
1: at John Hopkins. It's them wanting to be a lot of different people. And they're doing fine called, jobs. They got Magic,
2: which I know you don't like, but I think is great. It's oh, it's fine. I don't a, like the lyrics. It's fine tune. I think it's a very nice song. I think Coldplay have some legitimately great songs. I think they're too easy of a target. They're generally harmless. I would go see them live tomorrow. And yeah, the idea of a Coldplay album coming out that might be like not
3: your standard Coldplay, then yeah, I'm in. I'm going to give it a go. Their first two albums, Parachutes and Russian Bloods the Head, got me into music. Okay. Wow. And like, yeah, and I remember seeing them in Marley Park and Interpol supported them. And I was like, it's just not what you expected and it turned the audience off and I remember being like, who's this shit band supporting? <laughs> and then like two weeks later, I was like, that shit band are stuck in my head and then I became a big Interpol fan hey, which led yeah, me into yeah. a lot of music I like now. Oh, but wow. but those two albums were start to finish great. I remember like them changing my world, like, you know, and uh, I don't, I'm not afraid to say it either. Like, um, and some great songs and also, they also obviously like good, you know, good current music as well. Like, yeah. They bring in interesting people to produce them, like, like John I, Hopkins. And, yeah, you know. I think
1: after their best they are, which I think Chris Martin has said, they're like a Diet Coke radiohead, which is fucking fine in my book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't you know. A... Um, but yeah, so they're about to spring an album on us, apparently, a November album that will focus on the experimental side of Coldplay. Um, so they appear to be teasing the album. Posters, posters appeared in subway stations in Sao Paulo saying, so, 11.22, get ready for experimental Coldplay. So yeah, they're about to put something That's out.
3: That's genuinely, I'm genuinely ex- very excited to see what they do with that and yeah. hope that they
1: don't I, I'd like them to get away from the EDM
3: I don't know yeah. I just think that's you know it's very hard for bands like that to go experimental though because when they're so big like that's the sort of you were saying about Big Thief earlier that you know they didn't play one of their main songs but like they can get away with it bands like Coldplay or people like Ben Howard can't get away with doing that when they want to move When they want to move into experimental. And I'd worry for people like Dermot Kennedy as well in the future. Like, he's someone who I know would probably genuinely like to do that at some stage. And it would become very hard once you've had these big hits.
2: I think so. Speaking of big hits, though, it's time for Songs of the Week. That's right, three tracks. Let's start with, I guess, a big player in the pop world, if you'd off Brendan was saying. It's the return from out of nowhere of Harry Styles. That's Lights Up by Harry Styles. Now, Craig, my criticism of Harry Styles, someone who I want the best for, you know, much like Zayn Malik. We all do, yeah. We all all do. Uh, And I I like him as a personality. I think he's got potential as an actor as well. And he's clearly a force for good in the world that is currently falling apart. Now, here's the thing, right? (laughs) You make it sound like he's going to save us. He could. Who knows? Um, We're doomed. We're fucked. (laughs) Well, the criticism that we had of the record that came out two years ago now, I want to say, was that it was just, for me, it was Harry Styles trying on a bunch of different uh, artists. It was just him, like, here's his Elton John, here's his... McJagger, Jagger here's his David Bowie here's his Fleetwood Mac whatever Motley really, crew yeah on track. yeah I really want this guy to be good and now he's, he's he's a splice of Justin Timberlake and Sam Smith and Maroon 5 and some others it ain't bad but is it him it ain't, it, ain't it chief
1: it ain't it chief <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, in the latest Rolling Stone piece, he's talking up Steely Dan and coming across Mad Cool. Um, but musically, he's been really brave and gone back to the start of the decade and take that's come back with Progress. Like that kind of like experimental pop, which was a great album. Um, he's done a watered down version, I feel, on this. Um, oh, I can't. Again, he seems to be like this seems very like uh, this reminds me of Drops of Ju- Jupiter from Train and Whoa. a track on the last album did as well so like it, maybe he's like a secret Pat Monahan fan which is grand but hmm. uh, I, I think p- people want him to happen we kind of do we're rooting for him I don't think it's happening I don't think there's the substance in his music from what I've heard thus far this does nothing for me um, well how
3: like uh, these people seem like they listen to good music and they genuinely want to make it but yeah. how do you do that he's not just in the public eye he's like He's in that side of the public eye, which is must be a horrible place to be in, where you can't do anything without these fans, you know, they're coming at you or whatever. Yeah. Like, how do you find that sound? You can't, and you've got writing camps and people to do that. How do you stop that machine? Like, and
1: yeah, it's a tricky. It's and a also, really
3: tricky y- you've come from a place where you're, you're like, you were a carefully selected boy band. You know what I mean? Who became the biggest in the world is like you weren't, you didn't you weren't necessarily like a developed artist, so you're trying to develop as an artist in this, after this machine. Growing up kind of in Really strange, like unique place to be trying to come up with music. I haven't listened to his album. Uh, I loved him as an actor. I thought he was incredible in Dunkirk. Like up against like some brilliant actors and I thought he was one of the best in it like which is amazing obviously an incredible performer Mm. I like the song like it was fun listening to these tracks because I'd never go near this sort of stuff obviously you review this sort of stuff every week and put put yourself in uh, you know put out there to listen to stuff you normally wouldn't but I never have so when this came on I was like I'm actually enjoying this it's not annoying I was listening to it as I was working and I was like yeah it was it was, it's fine. Yeah. It just it's inoffensive. Like, it's fine. I, yeah, but like, I
1: think my feeling is, you know, on the last album, it was so indebted to those rock throwbacks, um, which I think was, you know, that's clearly the music he likes to listen to. So, yeah. yes, do that, but just kind of put your own spin on it. Try and find your sound within that. It sounds, he like, do in the first it
2: sounds like Zane.
1: That's what I'm saying. On this, he seems to have gone, okay, well, that wasn't quite working for me. Yeah. And I know the album did well, yeah. but, like, he's going, okay, I need the safe pop song. Yeah. And at a time when pop music and other, you know, massive pop stars from Ariana Grande to, I mean, it's it's mainly female pop stars, but they're really putting the likes of Zayn and Harry Styles to shame because they're not taking chances. They're not doing any, at a time when pop music can be, be experimental.
4: Like, it's just, just, just it's so I, safe. But,
3: but going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's like, I don't think someone like that knows how, and, and people might say he's got everything in the world that is, um, you know, he's got, because, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But what, yeah, he also doesn't as well. Like, because his pressure arms come out with a big single, and he probably doesn't have it in him either. Like, there's you know, the possibility.
1: It's that, It is tough. There's
2: the possibility for, for all of the you know the look. Because I mean, a lot of people have been like losing themselves over the video. Because I guess he's naked in there, some bullshit. He's like, topless. He, who cares? Like, you know, it's exactly. like. Exactly. But like, Not he, for all the aesthetic charm <laughs> and, and all the personality, which he definitely has in spades, you know, and and the presence and and, and the the you know the kind of the the force of good and all that kind yeah. of shit there's the possibility that he's just not that good he's as, not George as Michael. a solo he's, artist. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> Andrew and Ridge. The album will tell. Like, the second album with this guy, I, you know, very much like, this is the one to make the decision on. Didn't like the first album at all. Do you like him, you know? Do
3: you yeah. think these people want to keep marching on and are they trapped in well, this machine? Or as do they you say, want to he, do he
2: can do what he wants. And the fact that he has acting, you know, kind of... But he of,
3: can and he can't as well. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean... <sighs> you can't walk out of your
2: you're flat by
3: yourself like, no for yeah. sure
2: not but like I'm sure he can find a private island but somewhere <laughs> <laughs>
4: <You> know, like, <laughs> you know I think
1: musically if, if he decided to take some chances and you know even if he doesn't have it in him as a songwriter to go to people he respects a bit more yeah. rather than these kind of you know pop writing teams people would kind of accept him just doing that album it wouldn't sell well but he's like he's obviously set up for life yeah. well yeah, maybe not is. I don't know what the no. story is with One Direction maybe they were absolutely fleeced but I'm sure he's grand okay. I'm sure he is why grand. should he just pursue the stuff he likes I don't
2: know let's write to him and ask him Okay, maybe yeah, this so. is what he likes as for <laughs> another song we have this week <laughs> <for another> <laughs> <laughs> so season 2 of Succession just ended and uh, in my opinion it's the best show on television right now I'm kind of obsessed with it along with many many other people join the train we're all fucking enjoying it it's great Now, also good is Pusha T. You know, he makes great music. We like him as a personality as well. Surely... He's the president of good music, (laughs) for crying out loud. Surely a team-up of (laughs) Pusha T rapping over the succession theme tune, which is amazing, by the way, by Nicholas Patel, would be great, right? Wrong.
0: Who gon' stop the pain? Who gon' block the dream? Who gon' stop the shame? We are not the same. Walking a tightrope in a lifeboat, nope. It's a free fall when I leave y'all, whoa. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. My bloodline was not chosen. This bank account is not frozen. This thing of ours is not broken. What's understood is not
2: spoken. So there you go, that's Pusha T telling you what the show is about through uh, synonyms and adjectives I suppose and it doesn't work at all, does it Craig?
1: No, it's like the context. It's so jarring. Like it's like seeing like like Push is like your inspirational English teacher and then you see him like on a day off in a like v sweater coming out of the cinema and you're just like this is the wrong context, this is awkward as fuck. He can do so many things well. Like apparently, he wrote that McDonald's "I'm Loving a jingle. He, you know, shamed Drake into becoming a better father, which by he the way, made the rap album <laughs> a year. I don't, think, I, don't think we, I
2: don't think we talk about how good that song is enough. The story of Adidon—it's
1: incredible. I mean, the beat is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's the best. It's my favorite diss track of all time. Um, stunning stuff. And he's been on such a great run. But I think the thing with Pusha T is he works so well on. Obviously, um, the Neptunes was kind of, he made his name um, with clips and those very kind of futuristic, sparse beats. And then the kind of stripped back Kanye stuff. He's so good writing those beats. When he's doing something more ornate and fussy, like a disc doesn't work. And also, it's that thing of. Uh, we had it with the Game of Thrones inspired soundtrack, where people were trying to literally write <laughs> I about the plot. All about <laughs> that. this is the same oh camp, God. right? Isn't it where you're just trying to go? Oh, this is a reference to what's yeah, going yeah, on the yeah, show, exactly. and I'm just like, what are you doing? I think it's terrible. Do you guys watch the show? No, I've seen the first two episodes. I need to go back to you it. Have I'm, yeah, I I'm, I'm, yeah,
2: it will hook you in for sure. Uh, well, track wise, Brendan.
3: <laughs> well, what was it? When I listened to this track, I, I knew cause you sent it on to me, and you'd mentioned it was from a show. But it was all I could hear. I was like, I could see it in a scene of this or in a show like Euphoria or something and working really well over a scene. But it sounded like a score. Like, it didn't sound like... At no point was I listening to be listening to it being like, this could be a new Pusha T's yeah song. You know, it's not a single or anything to no. me. It, was, it sounded a, like a good song it's over It's a
2: curio the and it doesn't really work for, any, for anyone So,
1: so the So the best rap-based team tune is still Coolio's Keenan and Kel thing, maybe? Or is
2: that Thomas the Tank Engine uh, is I don't think VIG? they yeah,
1: used that <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, finally this week, Craig, who you got first?
1: Uh, it is the return of William Doyle. He's actually put out a couple singles prior to this. He's back. Um, William Doyle being East India Youth, he gave up that moniker um, a couple of years back Uh, he's kind of been in the wilderness for a little while this is Continuum Yeah, so William Doyle is a British artist who um, was championed by The Quietest quite a bit when he arrived, uh, released the album Total Strife Forever, did really kind of avant-garde but accessible um, electronic kind of pop. Uh, he then one-upped himself with Culture of Volume. Uh, I was a massive fan of what he was doing, Dave. Uh, you were similarly kind of um, wowed by a lot of his work, Second right? Second record in particular, I think yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. special kind of thing. And then he... Um, just basically
2: you in music form,
1: <laughs> which can only be a good thing. Tall,
2: thin, good-looking man with great hair in, <laughs> oh, suit, in a suit, making
3: introspective tunes. Yeah. He looked unusual in his photograph. Well, well, I the, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you I see, guess. I suppose.
1: But yeah, just a really kind of um, a thoughtful guy. Um, he seemed like set to step into a lineage of like Pet Shop Boys who do like literate um, pop music, but kind of create this world. Um, and yeah, he kind of went quiet and he, like, he never really seemed to cross over either. I don't know if there was a chance for him to cross over. I kind of feel like, yeah, I kind of feel moments like he's, past he's, or in,
2: he's in this weird zone of like, it's, it's never going to be a big thing and hopefully that'll be enough for him. I don't know if he's racking up the streams or anything. He makes interesting music. This one didn't really grab me though. I really liked it.
1: Um, it's, it's kind of, musically got a weird like Donkey Kong thing go, <laughs> going underneath which is cool. Um, there's, you know, the introduction of guitars. I think when you get into that Um, that hook line towards the end uh, we gotta move up where it's almost like soul soul type stuff it really elevates and it's great I was listening to some of the stuff he's um, teased from I think the album's out in November already I think this will make more sense within the frame of an album he's been working with Brian Eno Eno as well and I think it's a concept record about like alienation in the suburbs which I think he will do really well Uh, so I'm excited for it I
3: thought it was a really forgettable song. Really? Fuck you, Craig. <laughs> no, I, and do you know what? Of all the three songs we had to listen to, that one was probably the one that was in the zone of things I'd actually listened to. Yeah, and I just, just didn't grip you. I, no, and I was, again, I was listening to them while I was working, and I just, I was like, I need to review this, and I can't <laughs> remember it every time I listen
2: to it. But That I, happens to me at least once a week with a song. Yeah. And this and was that one
3: but as you said it's something I could see working in a record that I might enjoy I think it it probably
1: needs a bit of context but uh, Uh, yeah yeah. so Harry Styles wins Songs of the Week who saw that coming? Uh, not for me mate
2: (laughs) (laughs) two against one I'm afraid Craig sorry Uh, but yeah let's have some more considered music talk shall we big release second album that they've put out this year very much Critical Darlings of the moment it is of course Big Thief they are back with a record called Two Hands and it sounds like this
4: (laughs)
0: With a blanket of thirst It's not the hunger revealing Nor the ricochet in the cave Nor the hand that is healing Nor the This grave It's not the room
2: That, that was not by Big Thief It is one of the tracks. It's track number seven on a 10-track record from the second album to arrive from this band in the space of about six months, I want to say. Craig Fitzpatrick, as always, I throw to you to tell us who these collective
1: scallions. yeah yeah um, yeah I guess they're Brooklyn's finest right now apart from our dearly exported Brendan Hanty um, but they're kind of a good old fashioned roots rock four piece who have quite miraculously made that seem kind of fresh and that's why there's been so much hype around them they arrived with Masterpiece in 2016 and and, you know, a lot of the songs on that, certainly for people like me that were missing Jack White when he still had that, you know, very strict colour scheme and that kind of style of rock, we really latched onto it. We were kind of pining for that throwback stuff, which they did so well. Capacity followed just like a year later and it added kind of intricacy and ambition, different kind of folds and strings to are bow. I'd say alongside like a super adept band, uh, Adrian Lenker, as a singer, guitarist generally kind of steals the spotlight. So he's got she's got like an amazing contortionist voice and her lyrics, I guess, really mark her out. So it's lots of kind of bloody incidents, like unbearable intimacy, dark family histories with this mythological America. So as you say, UFO F... The F standing for friend uh, arrived earlier this year and really tapped into that kind of mythological, celestial, uh, dreamy side of them. This is much more earthy uh, and it's kind of a companion piece. They've talked about this being uh, the Earth twin to the celestial twin of UFO.
2: Before we get to Brooklyn's finest export or import, rather, (laughs) I should say, question for you. Are they Flavor of the Month? Because there's a real buzz uh, on this band to the point where I knew what the fucking scores were going to be before I read the reviews... Yeah. I mean, am I being unfair? Am I, be, am I being uncharitable here?
1: I think maybe flavor of the month is slightly, uh, yeah, just because they have shown you know their quality over a number of releases and a number of years. But I think there is a lot um, invested in them by certain publications, the likes sort of Pitchfork, simply because they are doing that um, very recognizable kind of you know rock and roll thing, but actually bringing it somewhere interesting, making it feel relevant, and they feel like a kind of vital force, which that style of music hasn't really been doing of late so there's kind of a lot riding on it, on them for people maybe kind of boring people that go, oh, is rock really dead? You know, that p- enters the conversation maybe unfortunately.
2: Well, I feel like you didn't mean to insult Brendan there, but you may <laughs> have done so. Brendan, uh, the Pitchfork review, as Craig mentions, describes them as basically bulletproof, so it feels like they're invincible right now I'm, I'm guessing you do feel
3: similar, and if you do, can you explain just why? Uh... I think the reason why big thief are invincible is because <laughs> they're so imperfect. Oh, um, and even I know, Craig. You speak so technically about them, and you're you're spot on with everything you say. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of the antithesis to music at the moment. Like I worked in music for a good while, and just got fed up with how formulaic it, it can be. Mm-hmm. And I love album so much and I will be the first person to spot when people are trying to make singles in an album and Big Thief, if you watch them live even in, even in there's a track on this um, replaced and there's just, you can tell they just recorded the whole song live and they didn't really it's just so raw and that's what the band are, there's a line in there where she just goes, I think she just says go on there or whatever to the rest of the band to just go on and play like you know and there's something about them where they just, I'm going to say they break the rules, but I, they genuinely don't seem to care about the rules and they just seem like such a loose band. Um, not to promote another podcast, but the... um will stop you right there. <laughs> 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 but their song Exploders weren't listening to and when they do it, they, they do Cattails from UFOF and yeah. it's its all just like they went in and riffed a song and the, the guy in the studio just hit record and it was like, that was... That was the main vocal take and the main drum take of that whole recording. And that's kind of the way, that's why Big Thief are invincible, I think, because I just they're just the most authentic band, in my opinion, out there at the moment. And you can hear it in the lyrics and the way they
1: play. Yeah so uh, let's see if they can survive a Dave analysis <laughs> so yeah Invincible
2: I, Dave for well, you <laughs> I, I, I mean I struggled with the previous record which yeah. was what like six months ago I mean mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, even go back maybe, I didn't even yeah. go back and listen to the previous review because you know uh, who's got time for that you know yeah. <laughs> but like you're either in or you're out but like I did struggle with that album and I remember I remember doggy like seizing on me
4: mm-hmm. in his Docky
2: way i <laughs> being be like of course you like that song the most because it has an edge to it and it felt very like grungy and yeah. you know so Jenny was it one yeah, yeah. And sure enough, the track I picked out there not is perhaps the most, I guess, evocative, if that's the right word for it, the most visceral, the most kind of throat-bearing yes. like, vocal on there, and yeah. the most kind of like this big, long Neil Young jam at the end of it. So I'll say this, right, and I said this in the show a bunch, and I know it's really fucking boring, but it's also true. Uh, some records can be really, really tough to listen to, almost to an annoyance if you're having a particularly bad mental health week, which I've fucking had this week. And that's fine because I'm, you know, in tune with that. So I think it's to this album's tremendous praise and strength that I actually did come around on this one because for the first three or four or five listens, I was like, Craig and Brandon are going to (laughs) fucking kill me. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be that guy. And and my whole thing was, I was like, how do I approach this? And I was going to be like, I'm just going to have to stand here and go into full host mode and be like can you guys explain this to me because i'm just not getting it i talked to andrea cleary of the nylon Nine podcast at one stage and i was like i'm just not getting it she was like it's amazing i love it i saw the points of everything on twitter be like of course we knew this was going to be one of the albums of the year and i'm like you know to quote greg sometimes am i taking crazy pills i was like <laughs> what is going on now i haven't hit the apex of the opposite of this but i will say that over the last couple of days it finally began to click i'm annoyed at some of the production choices where like say Stuff kind of pops, like there's like, like there was no pop shield for for the drum, and yeah. I'm sure that's deliberate because that gets in my ears. But that's again, that's a total fucking individualistic, pedantic thing. So it's with a fucking very affectionate heart that I get to say, actually, I've come around on this one quite a bit, um, and not just not, which I do think is one of the best songs of the year. Um, but I, I'm, I'm starting to get it, I mm-hmm. don't quite see magic, I'm not quite sure of the alchemy there's a part of me that does feel like oh you guys just want to fucking <laughs> latch on to Not. I, I don't mean you guys yeah, maybe the- I do no I, look, <laughs> I
3: think you're right and when I say they're in when I agree with them being invincible it's it's not in a 10 out of 10 album sort of a way it's more like I think they feel invincible. I think they have put up a shield, not a pop shield, uh, uh, around yeah, themselves. But I think they don't really care what other people think and they just do things their own way. And look, I actually, from a mass, like Big Thief are probably my favorite band and have been for the last year. But with this album, I've been, I've just been away and haven't had the proper chance to digest in the last while. But I even, like not sure I'd agree with the 9 out of 10 yet um, it's been it's funny I started listening to the album and I was like I can't get into the first few songs I love the singles like I absolutely love the singles um, but it's I list—I put it on when I was asked to do this I was like well, right I have to review it so I have to like get into it and I was trying to listen to it on a car journey the other day t- across Ireland and I just wasn't in the right mood I was like this first, this first, this first half of the album isn't grabbing me but then earlier today I put it on again and I was like, oh, it's such, it's such, I, I I felt so different about it, you know. So it's definitely like a grower of an album, which for me is a sign of a good album. But I'm not, I don't think I'm actually fully there to give it like what I think of it out of 10. But um, I don't know, those are the sort of albums that I think... That grow on you and expand on you are kind of a sign of a mature album, and mm. they're not going for the singles as I mentioned earlier. I don't think, uh, which is kind of nice, and that's why I say they're invincible again because I don't. You think You were
2: saying to me earlier on that, in terms of just the album in general and how we kind of deal with it
3: in twenty nineteen, that you had a hot take, and I said save, save for, for the for podcast. And <laughs> I think I kind of crossed that with with albums. It was uh, I think that came into the invincibility invincibility thing. It's like I really don't think. They really care, and um, what makes Big Thief so good. And I, I can't remember whether it was it you I talked after the gig, or there was a few people who they're sorry their gig in in Vicar Street. Mm. Some people didn't like the gig, or weren't weren't maybe didn't not disliking it is is a bit extreme. But
2: am I right in saying they didn't play one of their most famous songs, or they like they issued something that people <laughs> were expecting and
3: possibly but i imagine anyone who goes to big thief gigs should be the sort of person who wouldn't really care about that like mm. hits and stuff yeah yeah i think they played mythological beauty or whatever which is their big one but um uh but i remember like that was the that was the ufof gig and i remember they just played all these bangers from like the new album which was just a strange like if they had normally if a band had those singles they'd hold them but they just played them and it was we were talking about gigs before this and I was saying sometimes I don't really enjoy gigs anymore but like that was a gig where I was listening to and not was the song and I was just like halfway through the song I was I just loved the song you know and that is sometimes difficult at gigs you know and I was just like I know and there's such a raw energy with them, like you know she, you mentioned her gnarly vocal on that where she just like just goes like proper into the song, and you believe everything she's singing which yeah, it's brilliant. and i don't i I don't really hear that in bands that much anymore, and they seem to have it they seem to be really honest when they sing when when she performs her lyrics seem to be super honest and if you read the backstory on her, you can totally see where her lyrics they come from a genuine mm. place and when I first got into them my, my, my buddy Colin Moherley he told me about them and I think they were he he works in a studio in Iceland or he did and they were they were uh, contemplating recording there or whatever and uh, I think it was their manager told him that like she writes Adrienne writes a song like a day and it's all like really good she's just one of these naturally talented people who's a complete spacer who like pick up a guitar and write and not care about well I, I can't say this but like you know, she's being anxious about things or whatever. Mm. She just picks it up, records it, sings it, and even like when when they were talking about that cattail song and the song exploder, she was like, they were planning to record something else the next day, and uh, she just came up with that song the night before. She was like, I want to do this, guys, and everyone kind of just uh, was like, okay. So, are you kind of saying that like? I, I, from what you're saying
2: I, I presume that you feel that it translates to the record which doesn't always happen
3: no it, it yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying and even if you remember at that gig in Vicar Street there was a moment where she was like let's play this song and it might have been a new song and they played it really fast and half which was a song she was just like actually no I don't want to play it that way let's play it the slow way and then they started playing the slow way then she's like actually no let's play it the fast way again and the band are just like okay you know but it's like it's properly yeah it's it's very unconsidered, which makes them so raw, I so, think, and I mean, kind of invincible. In but is there
2: an argument made that like more acts, whether you're a major label artist or whether you're independent or whatever, need to be kind of like professionally half That
3: maybe we put too much focus on I, an album being. I, I like. I don't think you can be big thief. You know what I mean? I don't think there's. You can't actively be like them. They just are them. True. Like it's worth reading her pitchfork or an early pitchfork interview with our, I don't know if it's an interview or is it an article about her, but like learning her backstory about how she grew up and her parents were in a cult and all this. Yeah, she was like traveling across the country.
1: She was gigging herself from the age of 11. So it's like all she knows really.
3: Yeah. And it's just like you can see it in all of the lyrics and stuff. How like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, we keep singling out not and I think that's with good reason. Um, because you know it's, uh, it's so kind of expertly constructed we've you know talked about the power of her voice though, the kind of incessant r- repetitive lyrics that don't even switch up in the chorus that just kind of maintain that is so powerful it's and the guitar freak out it's like a kind of 2019 crazy horse um, it's like straight into the kind of musical canon so the only kind of problem with Big Thief for me at the moment is like the shade you can put on them is from the shadow of their kind of towering achievements and I think at the centre of this record You have shoulders and you have not. And for a long time, that was very much centerpiece for me. And it took a while for the others to fall in line. Now, they did. But I think I'm more of the kind of celestial guy. um, Because this is very much, as Brendan says, them just doing what they want to do. Getting like live favorites down. They went to El Paso. They were just kind of like they wanted to capture that live sound. I think they started recording something like five days after they finished UFOF. Um, so they have you know succeeded in doing exactly what they set out to do but for me if we want Big Teeth to be a band that kind of pushes the boundaries of what indie rock if that's still a thing you know can do I look to the last record and the kind of you know Adrienne's talked about how she you know invoked like we brought in soundscapes and it like it's kind of album you should listen to if you're like in some 70s living room and a sunken floor and all those kind of veiled themes there was just something uh, like where they were creating this universe and Mm. bringing it somewhere else whereas this is very much them doing like best practice big rock stuff Um, and when they pull it off it's magnificent but I think a lot of the time it's a bit of a it's almost too polite at times it's kind of that rollicking thing it's it's not the full throttle kind of freak out that you might want. Um, it's very, very good, but it, it didn't kind of bow me over in the way the last record did.
3: Well, when Forgotten Eyes came out, that single came out, I was sitting in Dahi's living room and we played it. And I loved it, being a big, big T fan that I am. yeah. And he had a very valid criticism, was like, this isn't different enough for me. Like, this Rack. feels like the same again. And I... It's that kind of age old thing, it's like, should be ba- should bands be expanding? Should yeah. they be moving on? And there's an argument for or against it, because I've criticized bands for not doing that before, but sometimes you just kinda want them to be do the same thing that you love and uh, there are moments in this where they change it up as well, like the, the title track of the album, they try and do that and yeah, play it's with a big that. Up. Um But I don't I don't have an answer to that question. You know, it was like I love the song, I love listening to it, but he's right it isn't a departure from their older stuff so yeah,
1: I guess the, the two records kind of work as companion pieces because with this you are getting the live favourites the stuff yeah. you kind of you know, love the band from the get go for, whereas the last was maybe a slightly, uh, a bit of a departure. I do think she is really kind of captivating, and she you is. know, she wants to just an in interview. She, she seems like very happy with taking on like a bit of a, you know, spokesperson of a generation thing. Like a lot of these lyrics, they're very upfront along with the music. There's a lot of stuff about where we're going as a society, environmental stuff, you know, the force of nature. Like, it feels like an album that could be directed at, like, a Mm. Greta Thunberg. Do you know what I mean? And somehow it's not cringy. Yeah, everybody (laughs) needs a home and protection.
2: veil. dig at the 1975 there, (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing, okay. Um, I mean, Craig, what am I allergic to in music?
1: Oh, God, how long do you have?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What four-letter word do you think of? Folk. Oh, folk. Not folk. What (laughs) element of folk that can be there twee. Thank you very much. Did you find this twee? I found parts of it. Wow. And those parts of it, whether it's just a vocal inflection or the way a guitar line trails off or that kind of aforementioned pop sound or just some kind of like is that drum and tune type stuff. There's just parts where I'm like, oh, it's all a bit
3: fucking precious, isn't it? There's parts of it that's when it loses me. There's parts of it which felt like, and this is the first half that I'm talking about that felt like... The first half, I think, is the weaker half. Yeah, I agree, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting as well. It's not normally the end half of an album is the one that stands with you. But the first half felt really good to me earlier today when I listened, but not at all the other day. I was like, I kind of need to switch this off. But um, it kind of felt like, and I've been struggling to find the words to describe this, but something like an old and... Like 50s American folk, sort of a thing, and that's maybe where the tweeting comes from. Like, it's I and it is kind of pretty, and like, I don't, I, I'm actually kind of failing with words now, but I kind of know what we you're do talking about. You can say the words now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Craig, you once had that, I think we we're talking about post all things, and you had the veneer of the unvarnished. Yeah. <laughs> that's in here as well, though, it is. And like, look, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but there's just parts where I'm like and well, I don't care well about, maybe
1: even like the story around how the album like they are yeah, very kind of self mythologizing which is I, what you want I don't yeah, yeah, care yeah, about yeah. Like, authenticity yeah. about, I'm
2: not one of those fucking people but I mean like I don't know I mean like okay so the story around the band the story around the record I mean like for starters I mean like here, here's a question that might be really fucking pointless but like two albums in such short space of time why does that matter does it
3: suit them I honestly don't think it matters to them like I think they're they're they just do what they want to do, and yeah. and Adrienne goes off and does her thing, and Buck Meek goes off and does his thing. I I, I this is a, weird, a flex, but I met him earlier in the year. I heard you got I you got I heard you got ghosted. What? I did get ghosted by Buck meek <laughs> <laughs> Tell that story. <laughs> well. Um he when I when he heard I was a director he was just like you should do a video for Big Thief. I was like oh fuck. <laughs> um and he he said it in relation to like a piece of gear that the the director photographer photography I normally work with got it was like it was like this Russian arm which is like this crane hangs off the back of the jeep and he got so excited he was like man you need to do a Big Thief video and I was like firstly that is, like, the most opposite thing you'd ever do in a Big Thief video. Like, you just need, a, like, a Super A camera following Adrienne around for a Big Thief video. But I didn't have I was, like, on a wave. I was, like, definitely use this Russian arm to do this Big Thief video. It'd be, like, Terminator or something. But um, so he was, like, message me tomorrow and I'll sort it out. And then message him tomorrow and, like, nothing back. Aww. And then... And then, oh, no. if you look at my Instagram thing with him, it's like a stream of unresponded messages, oh, and God. you get that thing where it's like the two eyes. No, the scene, and you're oh. like, oh no, he's redding. Oh, well, Jesus, still it went well. <laughs> he told me to message him. Look, what yeah. am I gonna say? I mean, who knew? If Take you, you can't trust a man by the name of Book, I mean, but he—he's a lovely guy. But he. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Seems- <laughs> he is though. I
1: I feel like she runs the show in that band. Um. And yeah, like that was another point I was going to make. I mean, they're a, they're a great sounding band. They obviously have great chemistry. There doesn't really seem to be much in the way of a kind of signature sound or even stand out musical parts when she's not involved. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't see them writing like the next big fucking riff oh. that is you know oh. rocking around stadiums or. They don't strike me as that kind of band no. that has it in them. It's all about her and it just is. kind of being, you know, vehicles for her messaging. Is that enough? It is when she's on, you know, form. Certainly, I think they, they can do magical stuff, but maybe not to have them in that top tier. But they're are an excellent band. Hit band. me with your number. Um, I'm going to say eight. No, I'm going to say seven and Bookmeek knows why. <laughs> no, eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brennan um, I,
3: I I haven't properly digested the album yet yeah, but um, a shot, you know. I'm really really enjoying it uh, I'm going to say seven and a half Yeah, I'm could saying, go up
2: I'm saying 7.5 as well yeah. which to be fair at one stage I was like well this is a five or a four it's a I'm, seven and, and a half a rising four. for I me mean, in terms of like because I just couldn't get in like, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. fucking get in I, I couldn't get through the fucking honeycomb world that they've created for themselves uh, you know? but yeah. I managed to get through it Craig I bought a nice little hammer from a nice little vintage shop <laughs> and I got through the honeycomb and then I made some honey out of it yeah it's a wow. beautiful so metaphor beautiful metaphor it's a good album and I'm looking forward to going back to it <laughs> this episode of No Encore was engineered as always by our trusty and wonderful sonic architect Eve Murray in the other listening corner uh, first of all an album I've gone back to Craig because you know we, we, we run through these records do you go back to them at all I'm going back to the Tool album I am
1: Okay, yeah, I haven't gone back. Big as yet. fear inoculum. I did promise to go back. Have you listened to it rearranged in whatever bizarre fan theory way that's probably popped up on Reddit? No, I haven't. Okay. No. My same. <laughs> the golden ratio. My same
2: non-digitalist, <laughs> where I took off the digital ones. Uh, I think it's very good. It's no classic, but I think it's very good. Okay. I think okay. it rewards repeat listening, and surprisingly weird to work to kind of like kind of actually if you're having a stressful day where you're writing about fucking Brexit, like I was. It's good it's background music, bad, but yeah, I don't know right. if that's enough. A uh, couple of album anniversaries this week. Uh, Twenty. 25 years ago, a band by the name of Korn released their self-titled debut record. Uh, that was last weekend. And I, weirdly enough, I was listening to it. I was listening to Blind for the first time in forever. And then I saw someone, a listener of the show. Uh, hello, by the way, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, pointed out that it was like a fucking 25-year anniversary. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucked up.
1: Uh, yeah, so it holds up. Uh, you could, It holds up. Yeah, I remember twenty five years ago. <laughs> and actually, was I listening to a it or oh, you no? Know, it's a great album. <laughs> it's a great uh, album. I never, I never got into Corn, it's and that some, was, uh, I was. It's got some
2: questionable stuff, but I mean, at the same time, kind I of think you can kind of get away with it because Jonathan Davis has always been this kind of weird, fluid, queer artist. Who knows? You know, I think it's okay. Yeah, I
1: just never. Their sound always felt weirdly awkward to me. I couldn't, I couldn't really? get in. Yeah, I just. So the Slipknot kind of worked for me. Deftones uh, I adore. But yeah, like as it, when I was hanging around with all the corn heads I wasn't listening to Corn.
2: Well, Corn were a big window to me into getting into music properly so it was nice to kind of revisit that record. Uh, also, I think you like this one, though. Go ahead. It just turned 10 years of age. Fuck Buttons.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> Tarot, Tarot Sport. Yeah.
2: What a fucking great album So good, that yeah. What yeah. a I band. To that in it's phenomenal. They, yeah, they haven't put out a record in six years. I was like... I, Are they still together? Yeah, I guess so. I think so, yeah. Your man, one of them's doing, like, the Blank Mass thing, which just put out a new record, like his fourth okay. solo album. And, That's and really good stuff Is it well. good stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, Andrew sure Hung's doing his own out. stuff as well, but, like, I'd, I'd take another Fuck Buttons album right now. Uh, if you've never mm-hmm. heard Terror Sport, put it on. It's long songs; they're incredibly epic. The kick-ins are unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to go back to this record. It's, it's fucking like beautiful.
3: Noise music with really nice melodies from through it.
2: It's that thing. It's got that Dan Deacon thing yeah. for me, um, and a few others. Like, Harsher. Sixty-five days of static as well. Yeah. Like where like it's lyricless for the most part and long, really patient. You got to really connect to it, and it can be yeah, as you say, it can be very like abrasive, but. When those moments of euphoria come in, it is life-affirming and you do feel like, oh my God, I'm on a different plane here. This is Mm. amazing. So what have you been listening to, Brendan?
3: Well, have you seen them live? I'm not done Fuck Buttons yet. I saw them at a (laughs) festival and it didn't work because it
2: was a festival. Well, well, the funny thing
3: about Fuck Buttons was uh, I remember seeing them in the Crane Lane in Cork, which is a bizarre venue for them. But uh, my dad was... Uh, he was at some other thing in town and wanted to get away from it and he was like what are you at I'm like I'm at a free <laughs> gig he <laughs> was like I'm like I don't think you'll enjoy it though like even for anybody who likes book buttons you can't walk in during a song because it's a wall of noise you That's have to I be in from the, the start yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This? <laughs> my dad was like trying to be cool he was like you don't think I'll get it I'll get <laughs> it and walked in and walked back out like two he seconds later
1: in. nice um, yeah another anniversary um, 30th anniversary of Hats by the Blue Nile oh my god yeah. do,
3: you, do you
2: want to tell the listener about that time on the bus home from, from Picnic
1: when I made you listen to um, no, 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 the Downtown Lights by giving you one of my earbuds and I was listening I to
2: it it was like two in the morning at the end of the festival we were obviously broken by it yeah. we both had a few drinks back in a bus you were in an emotional place I was in emotional Place back of the back of a weird massive coach that we were like, Where did they get this? Because there's no way Hopper they is paid it. for this. Yeah, yeah. And then at one stage, Craig was like, Come here and wait, listen to the song, it's my favorite song ever. And I was like, Craig. <laughs> I didn't say that, and that's I was like, exactly what you that. sound no, it actually like. Is. I'm not in the mood for this, Craig. And then Craig handed me <laughs> one earphone, not the two earphones. And
1: I was like, it's cute. That's the sweetest thing yeah, I'll ever yeah, see. And, and you enjoyed the song, I did, and I yeah. enjoyed the sentiment. And the album's great, it's and it's probably the, the only reason 1975 were taken seriously.
2: Okay, uh, I also remember you going to see Paul Buchanan at a picnic. Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, He's a wonderful
1: uh, man. A moment. I did have a moment. Yeah, he put out a great solo album of all kind of piano-led stuff. It's brilliant. brilliant. By the Blue Nile, in case you missed. Check that it one. out, Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. What am say. I listening to? Bonobo
3: Migration. I never got into Bonobo, and I've been living with Dahi for the last month, and, and that he that puts that that it on a lot. Head, yeah, and uh, it's r- like it's really grown in me. So that's an old one that I'm kind of listening to a lot. That and Big Thief. Um, yeah. Some random other stuff I can't recall. That's all right. You're a busy man. Yeah. and we thank you very much for coming into the show this it's week. Yeah, oh, you guys. Check
2: out all the Brendan stuff. He is Feel Good Lost on Twitter. You'll find him going viral every now and then, you know. Trolling people online. Lots of it's stuff great. happening. <laughs> he makes great music videos, makes great videos, makes great things, is a great person. Thank you so much, yes. We love you, you a lot. Uh, we also love our exit music this week. It's by a band called Bats. If you've never heard them, they are Irish experimentalists. I haven't some, heard this, so I can't
1: stand not? by that statement. Okay, fine.
2: Uh, well, I'll talk for me then okay. and the absent Dohi, who I'm sure feels the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> Experimental noise rock. he's favourite thing ever, I believe. Uh, there's an album coming and uh, it's going to be really. Actually, I, I'm not even saying it's going to be. Really, I've actually heard the album. It's called Alter Nature. Coming out very, very soon. Uh, yeah, look, they speak for themselves, so have a listen to them. This is Bats. This is Ergo. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. It's great, though. My name is David Hanrini. This has been No Encore. There'll be No Encore. Back very soon. Bye. The great-
0: Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast